Good morning and welcome to HR in 10. At 10. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Kimberly Bradshaw. And you'll all know by now, every Thursday at 11 o'clock, Kimberly and I get together to talk about the fun things that are going on in the world of HR. Of which there's been a multitude this year. Indeed. Where shall we start, Kimberly? I think we should start with the TUC survey that has had its results published recently. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, it worries me that 71% of parents have been denied furlough. Mm. And I know there was a sick pay issue that you spotted in there as well, wasn't there? There is. Well, there's lots of 71% going around at the moment. It's, it's, <laughs> it's clearly the number of the day. Because I've got another survey which says 71% of workers are in fear that they're not safe in the workplace. And that's shocking, absolutely shocking. But, you know, I think looking around our local market, Jason, mm. how many companies do we know that have had a COVID risk assessment? I'm not certain there are that many. So is it a valid figure? I think it possibly could be. Do you know, I think you've got two things, and th this to me is really important. You've got the question of whether or not an employer has done enough to be safe. Mm. And I honestly suspect the majority of employers have. Most businesses, most employers are caring, decent people who want to do the right thing. I think the issue is one about what you and I would call good HR practice, employee engagement. Doing it isn't enough. If your mm. people don't know you've done it, then mm. they don't feel safe. And I think that's the bit perhaps people need to focus on when we're looking at that safety. Yes, and you know they need to be clear that their employer has their welfare as their top priority. It's absolutely key at the moment. And there's so much advice on, you know, gov.uk or other places about what you can do to make your employees safe. If they do it and don't communicate it well, then that's a that's a worry because safety is is key for all of us at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not complicated. And I think that's mm -hmm. really important to focus on. I mean, every employer has always had a duty to do risk assessments, to have health and safety at work considerations. And every employee, quite honestly, has a legal duty to conduct themselves in a way that keeps their, their colleagues, their fellow, work, fellow workers safe and not take undue risks. So this isn't new. What's new is COVID. And mm. actually, the steps to keep COVID safe are remarkably simple. You know, we all know the wash hands, you know, hands, face, space type principles. Actually doing a risk assessment and looking there, it's about making sure you have two metres, about making sure you have ventilation, about making sure you have screens. Um, and it just isn't that difficult. So I, I think most employers have probably done it. Whether they've done it as formally as they should, perhaps mm. is one of the questions. Um mm. But I, I think the big thing's about sharing it. So what, what do you think on sharing, sharing this kind of data communication? What can employers do to get that better? 
Well, they can communicate through the line managers who I one would assume are having regular meetings with their, albeit virtually, uh, albeit um, with their staff. Um, they can do a, a company-wide email. Uh, if there's a lot of people working from home or on furlough, obviously one would have to use personal email addresses for that. But there's a lot that they can do. Have an open door policy where, you know, they invite um, questions. I know companies that have done like an open forum, like Prime Minister's Questions, yes. where the CEO's been available at a given time and anyone can come on and ask questions. Yeah. So there's lots of things that people can do mm. to... No, absolutely. And, you know, that's a bit like we do on Saturday morning on Facebook where we answer questions from candidates or workers or, or for exactly that reason. And, you know, yeah. it's often simple stuff. Posters, staff notice boards, basic communication techniques, team meetings, and just mm. sharing with your people, the level of risk, what's going on. Yeah. Let's, and, and I want to come back to your furlough point because that's a really big one. But while we just get on our 71% fear, let's touch on masks. There's been quite a lot of talk as we've gone into this second wave. Are we in second wave, third wave? I've lost count. As we go into this, the, you know, the recent weeks as to whether or not employers should up their standards in the workplace. Um, and there's talk about people making masks compulsory in some employers. Yes, I mean, I can see that that's absolutely essential, particularly for when hospitality type venues open up. And if people are office based or somewhere where they can't work from home and have to go to the office and you can't do some kind of flexi time. But obviously, masks, having to provide PPE is an additional expense for yes. employers. So... Although it's not very much, mm. having regular mask changes and mm. that kind of thing could top up, you know, add up yeah. at the time when it's a challenge financially for companies. And actually, I think you've just nailed a very interesting point there, Kimberly, because if you want to encourage people to wear masks, that's a good thing to do, perhaps, mm. where mm. people are cautious, where they want to. You know, let's say a little boost of confidence that they're working in a safe environment, it will help. But mm. if you require them to wear masks, and if you require them to wear masks because of a health and safety risk, then you're right, it's now a PPE requirement and the employer have to provide it, don't they? Yes, there's still the issue of whether people will actually do it. Um, I know I dealt with a case in the summer and uh, an employee in a hotel, she worked in the bar and so was in a public area and she was refusing to use a mask. So, you know, we had to look at could she work somewhere else for the time being? Uh, you know, there's lots of things to yes. to deal with around that. Unless it's mandated by the government, mm. I think it's it could be a challenge, an ongoing challenge for employers. Yes. Yep. No, agreed. Let's I'm I'm conscious on time as ever, and we've got a few minutes left, but let's come on that big one you wanted to talk about furlough. Um, mm. furlough of parents yes I mean so many people have been talking about it and whilst 
you know, there were a lot of companies that actually are managing very well by being a lot more flexible, <clears throat> excuse me, in the hours that parents work. So, for example, if it's a two parent household, one might work the morning and the other would homeschool yeah. uh, and vice versa. Or, you know, I know a company who had a few single parents and what they did was they just did some hours after the child had gone to bed. So, there's so much flexibility on offer to employers. I'm really shocked that that figure is so high. Yes. And it makes me question, you know, where is their data? <clears throat> it seems a little where illogical to me because furlough is, uh, cautiously I'm going to say, anyone who sees me doing the monthly furlough claims or, you know, putting those in may see me cursing and swearing and throwing things around a little bit. Though. But seriously, it's an easy thing to do. It's mm. in the range of options you've got to look after your people and look after your business. It's not complicated. Um, yeah. It's a little bit of pain, a little bit of aggravation. And as a way of enabling your people to feel more comfortable through this crisis, mm. it's an easy tablet to take to improve yes. that. So I'm genuinely surprised by that. We've mm. come across one or two smaller clients who... I'm going to say simply didn't have the knowledge about furlough in the first wave or so on and, and actually chose to lay people off rather than put them on furlough. But it's a, it, it's a small number. I wouldn't say it's a big number. So I'm, I'm taken aback by that data. Mm. Yes, it, I also ponder whether there's a discrimination issue for those that don't have children and the mm. fair and reason, fairness and reasonableness of... It, how employers deal with it so it, it could be potentially a bit of a minefield but i yeah. think employers do yeah but um just as we wrap up because we are out of time there is absolutely no reason not to furlough somebody because they have childcare difficulties it's the logical sensible thing to do and probably what i recommend is part-time furlough so you keep somebody yeah. engaged and keep them on but it, it it's a vital thing isn't it yeah, it make a big difference to yeah. motivation and performance. Yeah. Kimberly, we're out of time. HR Again? in 10. <laughs> I think we should make it HR in 30 or something, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or a day and a half. Yes. HR in 10, we're out of time. We've talked enough. So it's been great as ever. If you find these useful watching them, click on the follow on the YouTube channel and get notifications whenever we're live. And Kimberly and I will see you at the same time next week. Thanks for Look watching. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.